clap of praise today. Come on. Yes, Lord. It's great to have you here. It really is. And you know, Easter is all about life transference. It's all about breaking something off of you and getting something on of you and in you. It's all about what spirit you're operating out of. It's whether or not you're operating out of something that's going the wrong direction or whether or not you're in something that's taking you in the right direction. Easter is about what life transference have you received. Have you had something taken away from you and something given to you? Taking away your old life and given a new life. I'm going to read you some sentences from the scriptures, from the Bible today, that will blow your mind. Okay, everybody here is kind of, we'll see about that pastor. We'll see if you can blow my mind. I'm going to read you some sentences today that are the alternative view of life of what God is offering at Easter time. And the trouble with us, we cave in to the ordinariness of life instead of thinking, actually, this is the reality that I want to choose to live in. Are you ready? Ephesians chapter 1, and we're going to look at verse 18. I want to blow your mind today, or rather heal your mind and bring revelation to your mind. So Holy Spirit, right now, would you open our minds so that we can be open to that which is alternate, that which is available in Christianity. For those of you who are visiting today, I want to postulate, I want to propose to you a different way of life. And as Christians today, I want to challenge you to accept a different reality of life on this Easter Sunday. Are you there in Ephesians with me? Verse 18 says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which you, he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his uncomparably great power for us who believe. Uncomparably great power for us who believe. Have we got any believers in the house today? Okay. That power is the same as the mighty strength that he exerted when he raised Christ up from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms, far and above all rule, authority, power, and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the age that is to come. That power that is to you is the same that raised Jesus from the dead, placed him at the right hand of the Father, and if you read on, sets him as head over the church. If your name Elizabeth 
and you live in Buckingham Palace, you've got some power. Now, if I took my sword and I wanted to do an investiture and make somebody a knight, then I went down, Arise, Sir Whittam, Nick Whittam, Sir, stand as a noble knight of the realm. Does that make him a realm? Does that make him a knight? Watch, Natasha, arise, Dame Natasha. Don't worry, I'm going to get close to your ears. Dame Natasha, arise. You are now a baroness of the realm. Is that it? Has it happened? Who wants to knight Paola? Arise, Paola, Dame Paola. It's how close I can get. Absolutely not. Because I am not the queen or part of her family. I am not, have, I don't have that authority. I am not that person. But when someone says, who is that person? When someone says, I am telling you this. Then we have to start listening. You see, the, the thing that we sometimes miss out and, and that we don't understand is that God is trying to put something on you. And I want to, I'm trying to open your mind a bit today to this concept of as you live your life and move through your life, that there's something that you need to receive to come on you and in you as His life, but as a Christian, His power. Have you ever said this phrase? Don't put that on me. When somebody's trying to kind of put a responsibility on you that isn't yours, and you say, hey, that's not mine, that's on you. Or if you're trying to remind somebody, you know, uh, this is your responsibility, are you trying to say to them, hey, that's on you, that's what you have to wear. I want to ask you something today, what's on you? What in your general life do you oper operate out of? You see... This is exactly what God is trying to get through to you today. And I want to talk to some older Christians here who are, are kind of used to being in church and you know the ropes. I want to say to you, God is exactly trying to get through to us to say this to you. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead. Can somebody say amen at least? The same power that raised Jesus from the dead, according to the Bible here, is on you. It's for you. Can I hear an amen? You know, it's for you. That power. And God's trying to get you to accept a transfer, a life-giving flow, something to place in your life. Actually, the whole of Christianity is trying to get you to open up to an alternate view of life. I wonder what direction you're going in. I wonder what spirit is really on you as a Christian. I wonder what disposition you operate out of. Whether that's a failure or a freedom disposition. What's on you? You see, in verse 18... The Bible says that we need a revelation. We need something that's more than intellectual. We need an opening of our eyes. We need a revelation from our heart 
And, and our heart to be flooded with light, another translation says, so that you can know three important things. First of all, you need to know the hope of your calling, or the hope that's within your calling. Second of all, you need to know the glorious inheritance of His saints, or His people, His holy people. Or the glorious inheritance that God gets when He gets His holy people. And finally, you need to know His incomparable power that's on you. Turn to your neighbor and just say, what's on you? What's on you? And then you could go into a counseling session right now and say, where are you coming from? But don't do that. You see, these are three messages within themselves. And I'm not going to spend time on all three things. The first thing, the hope of your calling. I will say, however, that the hope of your calling is this. He's called you to belong to Christ. And you see, when we talk about Christianity, we're talking about living a life in a supernatural partnership. Not spooky, but something pure and good. And he calls us to a different type of life that's in partnership with Christ. He calls us to be saints or his holy ones. In the Greek it says his hagioi, his, his alternate people who live in a different purpose and march to a different drum. He, he calls us to endure with him because he suffered, we will suffer. He's called us to freedom, not slavery. He's called us to a life that says, you see those things that, that I've picked up from my background? They are being pulled off me. They are, they are coming off me. They are, they're being taken off me bit by bit by, by bit. I have an initial change when I come to Christ, but then Christ takes away the layers of, of slavery in my life. He calls you to freedom. And anything less, church, is not what you're called to. So whatever area of bondage you have in your life, that's not supposed to be on you. He calls us to be one body. He brings us to be in one family of hundreds of nations all around the world, but right here in Birmingham, He's called us to respect and be together. He calls us to glory. You know, we are very good as Christians now. We've kind of grown up. Can I say that about ourselves? We've grown up in the sense that we don't like to talk about heaven too much because we don't like to say things like, oh, well, we're just going to heaven as if we don't care about the earth and the needs and the problems. We so much care about that that we've begun to forget about the glorious inheritance that we have in Christ. You know that Christ is going to know you forever and ever 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 unless you say amen, I'm going to keep going. Ever and ever and ever and ever. Amen! In one billion years, I'm going to be known by some of you here. And I hope all of you here take heed lest you stand. By the grace of God, in one billion years, I'm going to be known. And the glorious inheritance of His saints is this. That what He gets in you, He celebrates and loves forever. And what you get with Him. If you've got a Bible, turn over to Colossians chapter 1. In verse 12 it says this, 
Giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you. How many of you have ever been told that you're unqualified? Don't raise your hand. How many of you have been told you're not, you're not qualified? I want to say to you, you're qualified today by the grace of God. You're qualified by the grace of God to be a part of the kingdom of God. That's what Colossians chapter 1 says, verse 12. Giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of His holy people and the kingdom of His light. For He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us to the kingdom of His Son whom He loves, in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. You see, in heaven, we're going to be like Him in body, in in character, in perfection, in fellowship, in unity. And what I'm saying to you today is, you need a revelation about the perfect fellowship that every tribe and every tongue and every nation will enjoy. You need a revelation to say that your life is not just going to be about the treadmill and survival, but His eternal purposes. When we get to glory, you can sit on a cloud if you want to. And strum a harp if you want to. But actually, that's not going to happen. For the first 16 years of my Christian life, I tried to play the guitar. I'm not sure. It's probably going to take me a couple of thousand for the harp. But that's not going to happen. We're going to be in His eternal kingdom forever and ever, moving forward in God's purposes. Now, for those of you who don't normally come to church... This is an alternate view of life. That we're called to a different purpose. That we live our lives to a different drumbeat. That we're freed from the chase of things. Freed from the the chase of just trying to survive. But actually, at the end of time, we're going to a glorious inheritance. And on this day, that's something to celebrate. But that's not what I want to talk to you about today. Because on this Resurrection Sunday, I want to ask you, I want to ask everyone, I want to ask my staff and our team at BCC, our elders here at BCC, our regular attenders here at BCC, every member, every visitor, everybody in the room, I want to ask you, what's on you? What is it that you normally operate out of? Because I want to remind you of his incomparably great power that we are supposed to and we have actually to operate from. The scripture says that because he rose from the dead, he gives us incomparably great power to us who believe. What's on you? I read a story this year about a lady called Norena. She lived in the south of Florida. And during Hurricane Andrews, about 1991, 1992, the hurricane blew in and knocked out all the power in her house, destroyed a lot of her house, and of course she had insurance. So uh, she got her house fixed up, but the insurance money, uh, it, 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 it ran out. And so when the insurance money ran out, so did the contractors who were fixing the house. They ran out. And for 15 years, she lived in her house without any electricity. 
And so in the chill night, she was cold. And in the swamp-like heat of that place, she was hot in the day. And she lived without hot water and she lived without lights for 15 years because she didn't have the power. She was living on the street. She was living in the house. But she didn't have the power. What's on you? Are you living in the house? Are you living in the proximity? But the power is something that you are not really comfortable with. The mayor of the town, he heard about her situation. And in only two hours, a workman came and fixed her house. And she said, I can't wait to have a bubble bath in really hot water. You see... I want to blow your mind today. I want to try and describe to you what that power is like. Because I fear and I sometimes think that we have made the offer of Christianity something a little bit smaller than what it is. A nice life. And then we might get to go to heaven. That's not the offer on the table. His power is the same as His mighty strength when he lifted Christ out of the grave, that's the offer on the table. His power that, that changes life to a different type of life, his power where he places Christ at the right hand of God, that authority, that status, where things have to obey that power, that's the offer on the table. His power that says, you can be head over the church where you're feeding and nurturing and gathering, that's the offer on the table. It isn't some little offer that we're talking about today. Now, when we talk about the power of Jesus, and when we talk about that power, that same power that is offered to you, what type of power is that? It's the type of power that can reverse the effects of wounds where you've been stabbed with a spear and life has drained out of you and you've got wounds. And what happens is, is God somehow reverses all that blood loss and life flow and brings life from another source and infuses into you a new life from somewhere else. That's the power that we're talking about today. And the power of God on your life is from another source. It's from, different, uh, from a different place. Now a lot of us want to say, but I'm just ordinary. The offer in Christianity is to say, you can have the same power that brings life from another place to give you life. The offer in Christianity is this, that that power heals your memories. It can heal when somebody has denied you and somebody has betrayed you. That you don't carry that on for all eternity saying, that rotten Peter. In fact, you say, you know what Peter, the power that now has raised me from the dead, you can still be my rock, you can still feed my lambs, you can still lead my church. It's the power that heals the memories. And right now, there are some people in this room that need to take a memory to God and get it powered, healed, graced, and removed. 
that all the power in that memory is taken out. That when you think back on it, it has no power over you because the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is now on you. Hey, come on, join in with me a little bit. Turn to somebody and say, what's on you? Come on. What's really on you? What's the spirit that you're operating out of? Don't go into a counselling session. The power of Christianity is this. And you know, today, I'm praying that the Holy Spirit opens your mind. Because today, I'm going to try and say things that are incredible. Because I don't want you to leave this place saying, Oh, I wonder if I should become a little churchgoer. Don't become a little churchgoer. The power, that same power, is the power that staves off decay in the grave. In fact, Peter, preaching a little bit later in Acts chapter 2, verse 37, says, You did not leave your Holy One in the grave to decay. And that, what that means is, is that God's power reverses the natural flow of the natural way of this life. Now stay with me for this a little bit. Everybody in this room says, oh, well, that's just the natural way of things. It's natural how that happens. Actually, when you're a Christian, sometimes the natural thing doesn't happen. The natural decay and the natural things of life isn't particularly just going to happen to you. Now, I'm not saying you're never going to get old, but what I am saying to you is there are times when God reverses natural laws in your life to say, your power, my power is on you and change things for you. How about that? How small do you want your God to be? You see, the power that is in Christianity and the power that's offered through Jesus, it's a power that's connected to holiness. One of the reasons why the power of God could flow through Christ is because he had, if I can use religious language, a holy vessel to work through or a channel or a pipeway that was clean so that that power could flow through him. It it had a, a clear run through him. Now, it's not that we earn God's power through our attempts to be holy or our view of holiness. That's not it at all. But what I will say to you is this. As you live a holy life, and as you begin to say, I'll obey you, Lord, with whatever you say, you attract the power of God to flow through you. His power is that kind of power that says, I won't just work through anyone, although it's available to everyone. I will be attracted to those who will obey me. This power, if you can follow me, this power doesn't just, and here's the phrase that we often use, and I use it, push back darkness. This is the power that absolutely overcomes Satan and crushes him so he has nothing to say whatsoever in your life and in my life. That's the power that's on you. Come on, let's give the Lord praise. That's the power. You see, the power of God is the power that takes a life that's lifeless and dead 
and transforms it into a spiritual life. It's a life that changes the very nature and quality of life. That's the power that is available and on you. What's on you today? I have to say that when I I think about my own life and I think about modern Christianity sometimes, I think that, that lots of people see God as a judge or a scorekeeper or someone who's kind of watching their life. And, and, and actually, quiet times that we often have are almost like reporting to the head teacher and telling him that we won't do anything wrong that day. But actually, God's not like that. We, God's not the president or the prime minister who you know and you know what they look like but you don't really know them. God wants to be father and friend. And Christianity is a little bit ride, like riding a bike. If you will get on it and give it a go, you'll find out that it works. If you look at the bike and if you kind of analyze the bike and you look at how many gears it's got, but you never get on it. For some of you, you're thinking, I am never riding a bike for the rest of my life. Actually, it's like a tandem bike with two seats on it. And I've noticed something about people. I've noticed that when they realize that they have to flow with God, often we jump on the first seat and we're the ones in the driving seat and God's in the second seat and he's pedaling away and he's supplying the power for what we need. And then somehow in maturity something strange happens. Somehow you switch seats where God's driving, God's directing, he's pedaling, he's leading, and sometimes he'll take you on this massive adventure because he's now directing the front and the back and all around your life. And he's the one who's in control. And actually, when he's taking you to a dangerous spot and you're going too close to the edge on the mountainside, he just leans back and says, don't worry, I've got it, keep pedaling. When you're going through a tunnel and it's dark and you don't know where you are, he leans back and says, don't worry, I've got it, keep pedaling. All you've got to do is just keep working with me, just keep moving with me, just keep flowing with me. You see, after a while, you're pedaling, but who's really pedaling? God's pedaling. Can you out-pedal God? You see what I'm saying? Thanks, choir. <laughs> Can you out-pedal God? I don't think so at all. You see, there becomes a maturity in our lives where we say, this offer in Christianity is completely different. Sure, I dress in my business suit every day, I go to my workplace every day, but I'm living for a different purpose and I've got a different life source and a different power. Can I hear an amen? Let's give the Lord praise today. It's a wild adventure of a ride that has routine and humdrum in it, but we've got just a different drumbeat. And some people might accuse me today and say, man, this is just an overblown view of life. In light of my daily experiences, Lord, this doesn't happen to me. Are you saying, Mark, I'm never going to grow old or never have any problems? What I am saying is simply this. The offer is different and bigger than you think. You can have 
a purpose that's eternal and deep. And you can have life and power from a different source. And I just kind of want to draw some of you older Christians into my heart at the moment and say, do you remember when it was all new and it bristled with excitement? Where's the power gone? You see, God's power, and the reason sometimes we don't hear it and use it and feel it and sense it and flow in it, is because we've forgotten what God's trying to do with us. He's trying to lead us on a mission. He's trying to bring us to seek and to serve other people. And when you do that, then God's power begins to leak into your life. When you begin to say, well, God... Who do you want me to minister to today? You know, we've gone away from this illustration, but we used to say a lot in church that church was like a filling station, that you get filled up every week. I'm going to go back to that illustration. Because the reason why we are not filled up in church every week, because we haven't been serving throughout the week and we don't come empty, ready to receive. I want to say to you, If you're on a mission and if you're trying to help people and minister to people and bring people into this marvelous offer, you'll need the power of God, so you'll need to be giving it out. So you need a fresh filling regularly. And that can happen at church, but also every day, of course. We need the power of God for the mission. The other thing that God's trying to do in your life is trying to shape you and mold your character. He's trying to get you to be what he imagined you to be before the foundations of the world. He's trying to heal your background, shape your character, and often that's slow work. But as you say, make me Lord. In fact, would you stand with me and perhaps Natalie, you can bring the team. Would you stand with me and would you just lift your hands out in front of you And just for a few moments, please, just stay with me for a few moments, because we're done. Maybe. Could you pray this prayer with me? And could you begin to say, come on, hold your hands out like a cup. Make me, Lord. You see, the reason why you haven't got the power is because you're not allowing Him to mould you and to make you. You see, can't, I wish I could describe everything to you about the Christian life. But if you're here today and you're just living your life and you're doing well and you're a nice person, actually, at the end of the day, that will run out. I have lived life long enough to see some people who have lived all of their lives, who've lived good lives, and they've made a great contribution. But when they get to their 80s and 90s, they regret it because they haven't got real life. And God is trying to place real life in your hands and in your heart. And you have to say, I'm sorry, Lord, for living away from you. Make me anew. And as a Christian, don't get so far and then say, you know what, that's as far as I'm going. I've enjoyed it. I'm, I'm at my level now. 
What's on you? What's on you? Is there a spirit of compromise on you? You see, what God's trying to do, He's trying to put you on a mission. He's trying to shape your character. And He's trying to get you to work in kingdom purposes. He's almost trying to get you to take a bird's eye view of what He's doing in the world. Raise your hand with me and and pray this prayer. Lord, what are you doing? What are you doing at my workplace? What are you doing at my university? What are you doing at my school? You see, my question to you this morning is, what disposition, what spirit, what stance, what mindset, what attitude, what lifestyle are you operating from? What's on you? Because the incredible offer of Christianity is, is that God wants to share His very life with you, His very power with you, that same power that raised Him from the dead. Are you inside of Christianity and you're so familiar with it that it's not powerful anymore? Because actually, He wants you to live an alternate life, a life full of power, that you operate from a different spirit. All you have to do is to commit to be different. I want to tell you, I resign. I resign from the rat race. I don't care whether you think I'm a rat. I'm resigning from the rat race. I resign from it. I don't want it. It's not my life. It's not my purpose. I want to live an alternate life in the power of God, serving His purposes. Anybody else? Let me tell you something else. I resign. I resign from churchy. From churchiness. From coming and just doing my duty and and having a go and, you know, throwing a few coppers in the bucket as it passes by. I resign from that. I resign from being a religious person. I'm resigning from it. I don't want it. I want to live from the power of God and the life of God and an alternate life. Come on, who's with me? I don't want to say that I'm tired of not having power. So I resign from my own plans and my own obediences and my own directions. I resign from that, Lord. I'm resigning from it and saying, fill me. Fill me with everything you've got because I need your power because I want to live a different life. Anybody with me? Anybody at all? Is there anybody in this house that you would make a freedom walk from the seat where you're standing and saying, I want that power more than I've ever had that power before and I want to deal with everything in my life 
that's hindering that power. If that's you, leave the seat where you're standing and come and join me. Because I want to pray a prayer of commissioning over you. I want to pray a prayer of life over you. God bless you, there's one. Who else? Come on, you want to say, I want that power. I want to live a different life. I'm tired of being in the rat race. Just keep coming. Just keep coming. All you have to do is to do this. I commit to a different life. Will you pray that with me? Come on. I commit to a different life. Will you pray that right now? Lord, I commit to a different life. And you know, with some of you, you're going to be successful. You're going to do great things. But it won't be enough unless you say, I am open to be filled with your power. Some of you have got great talents. But unless you're open, so everybody in the house with me, would you pray this prayer? I'm open, Lord. I am open, Lord. And I want to obey you. come on everybody say it with me I'm open Lord fill me Lord you see before you can go on a mission he's going to say wait in Jerusalem and be filled with the power when you raise your hands with me and say God if you've raised from the dead fill me now anybody here today and you haven't accepted Christ as your saviour and you want to do that right now you've heard me talk about an alternate life a life free a life from a different source and you're saying that's not my life is anybody here you want to give your life to Christ just raise your hand right now somebody here at the front Father, would you bring home those people who need to come home? Thank you, Father. Hey, listen, we've got lots of guests and lots of people here today. Please don't leave without leaving and connecting with us in our life cafe. We really want to connect with you. There'll be lots of hosts around and they want to connect with you. They'll give you a connection card and we'd love to get to know you. Don't make this just a, how I went to church at Easter. Why don't you come back and begin to follow the purposes of God and have that life. Come on, let's give him a clap offering. He loves you so much. And just before you leave, I'm going to just come and lay hands on folks just before you leave. We've got a great song just to teach you, so hang around. Because it's the life that you need. The blessed life in God.